Okay, on this hot sheet, we talk about Jerome Powell and the FOMC meeting. The Fed chair comments on housing and unemployment insurance claims. Today is Thursday, February 1st, 2024. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. All right, welcome into the hot sheet. Let me know for, in the comments which market you are tuning in live from. Happy to be here with you on this J-POW day as we break down everything from the Jerome Powell press conference yesterday, the FOMC meeting, and their decision. Obviously, as of now, we know that the Federal Reserve has decided to hold firm on where the interest rate currently is. They've made no movement uh, after yesterday's uh, meeting to move the interest rate. Obviously, we're rooting for that interest rate cut to come sooner than later. The indications here on the discussion uh, were that they're not ready to start cutting after meeting all of Tuesday and Wednesday morning and having the press conference yesterday. Uh, they sent a tepid sing signal that is obviously done raising interest rates. They're not confirming that, but they're, you know, they're kind of dancing around that. But they made it clear that they're not ready to start cutting, which leaves doubt on a March cut on the federal target rate, uh, which would obviously start to hopefully move that 30-year fixed rate down sooner if were to happen. Uh, the FOMC removed language that it indicated willingness to keep raising rates until inflation had been brought under control. So that's kind of that signal, hey, we're probably not going to do another raise. That That is a good sign moving forward. Uh, here's from the official release from the FOMC. Recent indicators suggest that economic activity has been expanding at a solid pace. Job gains have moderated since early last year, but remain strong, and the unemployment rate has remained low. Inflation has eased over the past year, but remains elevated. The committee seeks to achieve maximum employment and inflation at the rate of 2% over the longer run. This is, this is the big line. We'll come back to this when we go through his question and answer and all of his comments on housing. He, he goes back to this a couple of times. The only job the committee has, as set forth by Congress, is to achieve maximum employment while sustaining prices. So inflation rate at a uh, rate of 2% is sustaining prices in the Fed, not 2.1, not 2.2, 2% is the, uh, is the number that the Fed will accept and no other number. It can't be 1.9, can't be 2.2 uh, in the Fed's eyes. Okay. So now what do we care most about? We care about what the Fed has said about housing. Uh, quickly, we got up this piece on nowbam.com. We're not targeting housing price inflation. This is from one of his question and answer uh, you know, portions of the, uh, of the address when he started talking about housing. We have those clips for you. And let's go to the first one. So in his, in his canned commentary, uh, he mentioned... And we have this all broken down for you um, in the hot sheet show notes. I mean, we, we even have the 
um, hot sheet show notes, timestamps for you if you want those. And uh, if, if Bobby, if you could get off the YouTube for a minute, please. Thank you. Um, here we go. There, there, here's the hot sheet show notes. If you're a BAMX member, you get access to all of this. Use code HOT to get 10% off of BAMX if you're not. We have every single timestamp broken out. So you don't have to listen to the whole 60 minutes of nonsense that they go through. We've broken it all down for you. It's in the hot sheet show notes. It's linked out for you. Every single BAMX member gets access to our show notes each and every single day when we do this 24-hour look back on housing. Just go to, use code HOT down below in the BAMX link. Uh, to get into BMX. All right, so let's take a look at that first timestamp, uh, Bobby, and uh, take a look at Jerome Powell's first. These are the prepared comments. Then we're getting to the Q&A. Activity in the housing sector was subdued over the past year, largely reflecting high mortgage rates. High interest rates also appear to have been weighing on business fixed investment. The labor market remains tight, but supply and demand conditions continue to come into better balance. Over the past three months, payroll job gains averaged 165,000 jobs per month, a pace that is well below that seen a year ago, but still strong. The unemployment rate remains low. Now, if we jump to that second, uh, just the second comment there that he makes on housing, this one obviously was... Uh, just talking about how it's subdued over the past year. It continues to be the biggest feather in the cap for the FOMC, that they broke housing. They broke housing, obviously, with ratcheting up interest rates to never seen at never seen before speed. As it erodes purchasing power, especially for those least able to meet the higher costs of essentials, like food, housing, and transportation. We're highly attentive to the risks that high inflation poses to both sides of our mandate. And we're strongly committed to returning inflation to our 2% objective. Okay, so there you go. He, he continues to pound on the 2%. What is 2%? You know, why can't it be 2.1? We've, we've shown here on the hot sheet. For those that uh, tune into the hot sheet on a weekly basis or watch the replays or listen to the replays on Apple, uh, first of all, thank you for doing that. Second of all, you know um, that we've, we've actually done the math and we've we've analyzed the math it's in wall street journal it's in other sources that if you take out um owner's equivalent rent which is a made up phony survey in the cpi that we'd be damn near 2% now inflation has dropped consistently here over the past 12 months it's why there are many analysts specifically those that are in housing big investors like Barry Sternlight who are calling for the fed to stop raising the or, or to start cutting rather they have stopped obviously for three meetings now yesterday being the third straight meeting where they've stopped raising uh, but to start cutting the rate we covered uh senator warren's letter to jerome powell he answers a question about that letter we covered it on monday where she asks to uh stop uh cutting or, or to start cutting the rates rather okay so let's go from the first question uh, this is about 17 minutes into the press conference yesterday. Uh, this is a uh, Washington Post journalist who asked a question, and then we'll listen to Jerome's, Jerome Powell's response, and then I'll react to it. Hi, Chair Powell, Rachel Siegel from the Washington Post. Thanks for taking our questions. 
So over the past few years, there have been all these real-time indicators that helped us gain a sharper understanding of where the economy was, like open table data or office attendance. You've talked about vacancies in the past. And I'm wondering at the start of this year, what might be on that dashboard for you that's giving you the clearest picture of the economy, including on rents, if you could touch on that. Including? Rent, uh, rent costs. Yeah. yeah. Well, so we're not, you know, it's not the pandemic, so we can actually rely on more, more traditional uh, forms. People are working, they're getting wages, uh, and, and the economy is largely reopened and is broadly normalizing, as you see. So I wouldn't say we're looking at that, that sort of more innovative data as much. Um, you know, you point to rent. So, of course, we follow the, the components of inflation very carefully, which would be goods inflation. I talked about that a little bit. You mentioned housing inflation. So the question is, when will these lower market rents find their way into measured rents? Okay. Measure, Pause measure. right there. So that is the question, Jerome. It's the question we've been asking on the hot sheet for now 12 straight months. Uh, I'll read it back to you guys. He, he says, when is the question... So, so the question is, when will these lower market rents find their way into measured rents as measured in PCE inflation? Well, because the way the government measures inflation is lagging data. I mean, you think Case Shiller is lagging because they report home prices three months later. This stuff is six to 12 months late in the game. Meanwhile, Apartments.com, CoStar, Realtor.com, Redfin, and others are showing real-time data that rents have not only been – the appreciation of rents have been decelerating, but year over year, they're actually down a tick. The expectation moving forward is that they could potentially move down even further due to – the highest level of building of multifamily apartment this country has ever seen. That's a that's an area where we're seeing in many parts of the country where we're actually seeing inventory increase. Okay, so this is the question, Jerome. It's the it's a more of a better question for for you. Why don't we start using real time data? This isn't the 1980s anymore, bro. Where we we don't have. You know, in the 80s, we didn't have this type of real-time data, the, the analytics, the analysis, the, the tech products that we have now. We've got this at our fingertips. You're still choosing to use 1980 tech, 1980 way of doing business, and it's lagging 12 or you know 12 months or so, which is keeping this inflation number, I think, inflated for lack of a better term. All right, let's go back and pick up where, where he left off there. In PCE inflation, and we think that's coming, and we know it's coming. We it's all know it's coming. When and, and how big it'll be. So but that's in, in everyone's forecast, I would say. So that will, that will help. But at the same time, we think goods inflation will probably, it's been giving a lot of disinflation to the effort, and probably that declines over time, but it may well have some, some more time to run you know, these the supply chains are not perfectly back to where they were. In addition, it takes time for the, the healing process to get into prices. So there may be still a tailwind. We'll find out with, with that. So we look at the things that relate to our mandate very carefully, and uh, as you would imagine. Okay, so uh, he says we think it's coming, meaning 
meaning that that when you when you start to actually recognize the data that we're seeing in real time show up in PCA, show up in, in CPI, when that data shows up there, which I don't know, could take, I guess, another half a year or so, um, his comment was, we think that's coming, that that data for rents is going to drop inflation even further. It's been dropping consistently, but drop it even further. So he says, we think that's coming and we know it's coming. You're damn right. We all know it's coming because those of us looking at real-time data 100% know this to be true. Uh, it's just a question of when and how big it'll be. Well, if you look at CP, and, and, and I know he's talking PCE, um, they love to look at PCE, the markets, uh, you know, Wall Street loves to look at CPI for whatever reason. We know when you look at CPI, about 35% of CPI inflation is made up in housing. There's large chunks of uh, inflation is calculated with using housing. So he's saying how big it will be. It, it's going to be a significant piece. You know, it's not... Um, you know, it's not a small portion of the pie. It's 25% or more. Okay, so he goes on to say that's in everyone's forecast, I would say, this this rent uh, dropping inflation. All right, now there's a question from uh, a CNBC. Uh, really digs into housing and rent prices uh, from somebody from Marketplace, and, and they follow up uh, on that question from... Uh, the Senator Warren letter that we covered on Monday. But first, let's go to the quickly to the CNBC question, and then we'll get into the final question, uh, which I which I enjoyed much more. This one's uh, just under twenty minutes into the press conference. Uh, the second question about housing from journalists. Good job by the journalist. They actually has three questions about housing. Usually, you know, it's like one or two. So uh, a little bit better performance here. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, You've said that you would know the neutral rate by its works. So I'm wondering what you could tell me. How do you believe the neutral rate is working? We're telling you right now that growth is stronger. In other words, how much is the economy really being restrained right now by the current funds rate? And how much restraint does it really need additionally if inflation is still coming down? So it's, I think you, you do see in the interest sensitive parts of the economy, you do see, for example, housing, you see the effects, you do. Your, your second question though, really, I think is important. And that is a lot of this has come through, uh, a lot of the disinflationary process has come through the healing of supply chains and also of the labor market. So you've seen that, you know, that other set of factors is really different from other cycles and has brought that working with Tighter, tighter policy, which has enabled the supply side to recover, I think is that that mixture has been behind what has enabled this. Um, so no, we really do think that we're having an effect broadly across the economy. I would point to the interest sensitive uh, uh, parts of the economy as well as as spending generally. Okay, so there you go. And but it's a, it's it really just considers, you know, and, and he's gonna go on here to say, to make a point in this next one, how much housing has benefited uh, during the beginning of the pandemic when the rates were lower. And he's right on that, you know, in terms of uh, a market that saw a high volume of transactions, you know, he, he considers housing a uh, rate sensitive industry. 
And so when they ratchet rates up like this, housing is going to be one of the first industries, if not the first, to be impacted the most. And we saw that with a locked-in tightening impact of the housing market in terms of transactions. Now, um, now there's a question that we're going to get into, and th this is the meat of every headline that um, has to do with housing right now in Jerome Powell's uh, commentary from yesterday. Uh, this is a, a question from uh, Nancy Marshall Jenzer at Marketplace. And uh, let's go into the question. It's about 35 minutes into the press conference. Let's go into the, the question, the lengthy response from Jerome Powell and the follow-up, which has to do with the letter that we covered on Monday. Uh, take it away. Hi, Chair Powell, Nancy Marshall Genser with Marketplace. I want to ask a little bit more about housing. Uh, I'm wondering how closely are you watching rent and housing prices as you evaluate whether and when to cut rates? And it seems like housing prices are not coming down as quickly as you expected. All right, pause right there before he goes. That's a, a key part to the question. It seems like housing prices are not coming down as quickly as you expected. Well, they're not coming down at all, Nancy. Uh, they've they actually set a new all time high last year, and I think that this shocked a lot of people. Right? You start rat, you know, raising interest rates at the fastest level ever seen, and all of a sudden, housing prices goes down for a moment and then takes back off. A lot of people were shocked by that. Let's get the response from Jerome. So when we think about, um, uh, you know, our, our statutory goals are maximum employment and price stability, and that's what we're targeting. We're not targeting housing price inflation, the cost of housing, or any of those things. Those are very important things for people's lives, uh, but they're not, you know, we're, those are not the things we're targeting. We're also well aware that when we cut rates at the beginning of the pandemic, for example, the housing housing industry was helped more than any other industry. And when we raise rates, the housing industry can be hurt because it's a very intersensitive sector. So, so Jerome's taking On credit that, for, uh, we have for the big pan pandemic boom, uh, there when they cut rates, Jerome is taking full credit for the housing market. Uh, let's, let's continue. Longer run problems with the availability of housing. You know, we have a, a built up set of cities and, and, you know, people are moving further and further out. So there's, there hasn't been enough housing built. And these are not these are not things that we have any tools to address, but you know it, it, where it comes into play very specifically in our work is inflation, which is a combination. It's, it's really rental inflation. You're taking owner's equivalent rent and then actual rent paid by tenants, and and you're you're running that through the CPI uh, calculation or the PCE calculation, the one we look at. And what that's telling you is that market rents are increasing at a much lower rate or even being flat and that 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 will show up in inflation over time it has to if, as long as that remains the case so okay so what is your response? pause that i want i want we'll go to the follow-up question here in, in a second but those last two um those last two comments here uh, i'm going to break those down first here directly out of the show notes here you, you guys all have this in, inside of bamx uh, on top of that, we have longer run problems with the availability of housing. You know, we have a built up set of cities and, you know, people are moving further and further out. So there's uh, there hasn't been enough housing built. And these are not things that we have any tools to address. 
so this is i mean if i'm if i if i was nancy i would have asked you know maybe two follow-up questions i like that she asked a follow-up question about the letter that we're going to get into here in a second but i really would have attacked this um he probably would have danced around it and not asked it so you know i would have said hey so uh mr powell thank you for, for that i agree uh inventory is certainly uh, the best way to to cure prices in, in housing specifically um and th that's congress's job congress has given him a mandate now congress has a job uh what advice would you give to congress to you know help help increase supply help alleviate restrictions on building he'd probably say well that's up for them to decide that they've given us this mandate right particular their job they're meaning the fomc jerome powell's job he's going to go back to it over and over again um their job is to get inflation down stabilize pricing and while doing that to maximize employment so when he says we have no tools to fix the availability of housing the inventory he's right when he says that they don't have tools. Congress's mandate for the Fed is to stabilize pricing and to maximize employment. Okay, so they're not they're not looking that um, they're not looking for ways to control inventory. We know supply and demand. Jerome Powell knows he's smart enough to know that the the more supply. I'd love to I'd love to see it, Laura. I there's. Last, last, um, there's so many times I've reviewed these and I'm like, I would have asked this, I would have asked this, but you know, a lot of these, um, guys aren't covering, you know, I'd love to have a Lance Lambert in there too, or somebody who's maybe covering housing a little bit more closely than, than some of the, the folks that get into these rooms to ask these follow-up questions. Um, but anyways, so the inventory issue, they can't control that with the FOMC. The Fed can't control inventory. And in fact, the only thing that they have under their control is, is this interest rate. Um, you would have actually, a lot of folks, when they started increasing the interest rate, would have said, hey, prices are going to come down. As prices come down, you're going to see more sellers come to the market. I was very early on saying that's not going to happen. We're going to have a, I was calling it Cold War. The, the national name has now become... Um, you know, the lock in effect. I'm like, people are just going to sit on the sidelines because they got these low interest rates, which Jerome, you know, took all the credit for with the, the boom in the housing market. Um, and, and so it was the reverse effect. Inventory completely tightened up as they increased these rates. And instead of prices going down, they just continued to rise after, you know, the, the initial impact of them going down. Um, then he goes on to, to talk about, um, is specifically the work on inflation and rental inflation. Okay. Talking about owner's equivalent rent and actual rent paid by tenants. Owner's equivalent is 25%. And then the actual rent, believe it or not, is like 10%, which would just blows my mind because owner's equivalent rent is a made up make believe number. It's a survey. Um, and you run it through the CPI, you run it through the PC PCE, like he says, and what it's telling you is that market rents are increasing at a much lower rate or even flat, or if you're looking at real-time data, even down, and it'll show up over time. And this is the one you know argument that, that I keep harping on. It's like, just look at real-time data. They want to start, they're going to want to start cutting as you approach 2%. You don't wait for 2% and then start cutting uh, because then you could have, you know, you could go too far the other way, right? There's a question 
there's a um, a really valid question to to ask. Hey, did Jerome? Did you start raising the interest rate too late uh, after you after you pushed Congress to do another two something trillion dollars? Then you started raising the rate. Was the other two trillion dollars even necessary that we printed when the pandemic was seemingly over? Um, you know that infrastructure bill that that Congress passed. So. Um, I'd love them for, for them to look at real-time data. They don't do that. And he talks about rental inflation. When you, when you go back here, the, the whole, before we go to this follow-up question, the whole point of this is the government, they, they, when they look at this stuff, they go to, okay, my job here is to stabilize prices. Uh, the, you know, the FOMC, Jerome Powell, the job is to stabilize prices. So they don't look at, how do I increase home ownership? How do I increase long-term wealth of Americans? How do I stabilize prices now? Well, people can rent. And if rents are lower than the cost of housing, then go rent is their answer. The Federal Reserve is not set up to increase Americans' long-term wealth. It's set up to take care of the short-term prices now and employment now. What people do with their money in the long term, if they burn it on rent for 30 years, they don't care. And then you look at Congress and you, you look at um, what we're, what our policymakers are doing to impede the ability for affordable housing to be built through regulations, restrictions, through time it takes for developers. And you have to ask yourself, does anybody care about home ownership? Uh, we know that we know that Elizabeth Warren seems seems to with her letter from Monday, but you have to ask the question: Does you know is is that hey I'm trying to ride the wave of a Jerome Powell week by sending this letter this week? You know what changes are any of these folks really making, or do they really want to see a renter nation? Because he always talks and it always goes back to rental numbers. Okay, uh, at the end of the day. If you can rent for less and we're stabilizing that price, we don't care really. And he goes on, we don't have the tools to worry about house prices, nor does the Fed really care about house prices. They care about stabilizing prices, getting inflation to 2% and maximizing employment. The follow-up question from Nancy, uh, let's take a look at that now. ...to the letter that was sent to you by some members of Congress asking the Fed to lower interest rates to make housing more affordable? My response is what I started with, which is that our our, our job, the job Congress has given <laughs> Here he goes. is price stability and maximum employment. Price stability is absolutely essential for people's lives, most importantly for, well, not most importantly, most mostly for people at the lower end of the income spectrum who are living at the edges, at the margins. And so someone for someone like that, high inflation, uh, about when the in the necessities of life right away you're in trouble whereas even middle class people have some you know some scope to absorb higher costs so we have to get it's our job it's what society has asked us to do is to get inflation down and the, the tools that we use to do it are interest rates so that, that's how we and, think of it and that's and so jerome powell's basically showing the you know how this century we're done with the jerome powell video there but he's really showing you what he has. He doesn't have anything else besides that interest rate. He doesn't have any other tools. So that's the tool he's going to use from his mandate of Congress. So to, to kind of 
kind of t- um, closed the loop on the Elizabeth Warren Monday or Tuesday, I guess it was, uh, letter. I think it was released Monday. We covered it actually on Tuesday on the hot sheet, if you're looking to review that. Um, and in PMX, we have the whole letter linked and everything. Uh, to close the loop on that, Elizabeth Warren's letter with three other senators to the FOMC, where they're saying, start cutting rates now. You're making housing unaffordable. Um and and we need housing to be affordable. In Jerome Powell's response to that is not my job. Uh, so Senator Warren, basically what he's saying is you're barking up the wrong tree. Well, why don't you send a letter to all of your colleagues, all of your all of the senators who you work with? You send a, send a letter to everybody in Congress, Miss Warren. That would have been maybe the response I would have taken from Powell because. Jerome Powell, for as much as we want to beat him up and we want to see him start lowering rates, he's right when he says, that's not my job, okay? The job that you, Warren, and and everyone else have given me from Congress is, again, what I started with is what he said, to stabilize pricing and have maximum employment in, in, in the time frame that we're doing it. So if you want to see affordable housing, why don't you ease up the regulations? Why don't you make it easier? Why don't you, you know, have a trade-off with builders um, and they don't have to wait two or three years to start a project to say, hey, we'll give you some type of tax incentive. We're going to do something here for you to release more affordable housing into the market. Uh, but, you know, and you know, they write a letter and they don't do much. And it's not just what it's, I mean, at least she's writing a letter and making a headline about this most uh, you know, folks in D.C. are doing nothing uh, about the inventory crisis that we're in. And if you really want to see housing affordability come down, it comes down to having more supply, having a supply uh, that meets the demand at the prices in which we need it met at. Um, Powell makes a great point that, you know, there are people living on the edges and that's where his focus is, you know, maintaining prices. And if they're living on the edges, the best opportunity for them to uh, you know, get paycheck to paycheck, you know, is through those rents. Okay. So, um, there you go. Jerome Powell making the big comment here. Uh, they're not targeting housing price inflation. They're target targeting overall inflation, stabilizing prices across goods, uh, and, and all of the, uh, uh, you know, really everything that has to do with inflation, but they're not targeting housing price inflation. And they specifically, they would rather just see people just go rent at a lower cost. They do not have any dog in the fight over uh, people, you know, uh, you know, increasing home ownership and folks, um, you know, really being able to secure their long term wealth. That's why if you're a real estate professional, if you're an agent, if you're a broker, this information is really important to know about, to learn about and to educate people in your community on so that they can put themselves in a better position moving forward. Okay, moving forward uh, into a whole different topic, another topic that obviously Jerome Powell is watching very closely. Let's take a look at initial job claims just released here uh, this morning in the week ending January 27th. The advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims is unemployment was 224,000. That's an increase from 9,000 from the previous previous weeks. So really for the first time, we see a little bit of pop here in unemployment claims. 
Uh, so the month of January, we, we've seen the least amount of hiring in recent memory. We've seen unemployment now pop a little bit. Uh, and we have seen more layoffs than we've seen before. Okay. And so why is this important? It, because Jerome Powell, to make his job easier and to get us closer to a rate cut, he wants to see some loosening up in the job market. The job market remains incredibly strong. It leaves concerns uh, that there could be a runaway inflation scenario that takes place where inflation starts going up. Uh, we have more information on this, obviously, in the show notes, uh, where the highest insured unemployment rates are. Uh, you've got Jersey, Rhode Island, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Alaska making up the top five. Of course, we have all of the Jerome Powell information um, as it relates to housing with all of those timestamps and any visuals and charts uh, that, that we have available here today. Those are all available for your download inside of BAMX. Just as today, the Hot Sheet Show Notes course went live inside of BAMX. See, every single month we release new course content and live streams. And this month's course was the Hot Sheet Show Notes where myself and Vanessa, Vanessa who writes uh, many of the articles you find on nowbam.com, our senior editor, break down exactly how to use these show notes. I specifically go into how to do this for your own local show, what formula I would do and rinse and repeat on a weekly basis, how to use it in short form content, how to use it in written blog and other content. Uh, so go over to BAMX and check out that course today. Obviously, as every single month we upload new course content, it builds a significant library of material for you to use in your business. So this doesn't go away, doesn't disappear. It's up there. If you're not in BAMX yet, obviously use code HOT to get 10% off of that code hot to get 10% off. We upload courses just like this one, the hot sheet show notes, uh, amongst all of our other courses every single month, all of our live streams, as well as uh, our Facebook community. You get the show notes every single day from the hot sheet. That's a daily upload as well as the slide. So hot sheet show notes and course is up today. If you missed it from yesterday, right here on the live channel, we had the exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview that I held with Ryan Serhant. Uh, that went up yet yesterday afternoon. I've been reading the comments and some of the feedback people uh, have sent in over DM and it's been really well received. So thank you for that. I worked hard on asking questions that nobody else asks. Ryan uh, actually alluded to that in the, in the uh, podcast. He said, geez, most people ask me about motivation and you know, no marketing and this kind of stuff. No, we want business tactics. So if you're trying to take your business to the next level, the tactics in which you're trying to implement here in quarter one, uh, listen obviously to uh, that Ryan Serhant pod, uh, which went up just yesterday. Okay. Uh, we also have the uh, lead gen challenge today. Let's put a link down below for that. If you haven't uh, been in on the lead gen challenge, I'll be hosting the lead gen challenge uh, today. We've been we've had almost a thousand people every single day in that today's day four. I think it's day four. So I'm on it, right? Today's day four. Uh, I'm obviously doing the VIP portion, so you can sign up for that. And then next week's BAM Pro Bowl week. So there's just a ton going on here uh, at BAM. So thank you guys for being a part of that. And I'll look forward to closing out the week with you here tomorrow on Free Format Friday after I get through the VIP here today. 
And uh, as always, Hot Sheet will be live 9.30 on the East and 6.30 on the West. Until then, toodaloo and have a great day.